Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. As you want to transition yourself from being his advocate to his cheerleader. Now a cheerleader is still in the room, but the job has changed. Welcome to the 13th season of Heart to Heart with Anna. I am so excited. Here I am at Podcast Movement, and Lisa Rodeball has come all the way to Philadelphia to, <laughs> well, okay, she lives in Pennsylvania, but still, she came up to the hotel, and here we are. Thanks to Talk Shoe, we are actually doing a live podcast right now at Podcast Movement 2018, and we want to thank Hiel for providing the microphones and headphones for us to do this recording, a live recording at Podcast Movement. This is so exciting. First time for me to do this, even though it's my third time to attend the Podcast Movement. So I want to thank Lisa for coming, and here we go. We're going to be doing a different topic every week, starting in Season 13. Today we'll be talking about helping our children become their own best advocates, and like I said, our guest is Lisa Rodebaum. Lisa Rodebaum is wife to Bill, and they have been married 23 years, almost 23 years. By the time you hear this, they'll be married 23 years. And she's mom to four boys, Will, Andrew, Jonathan, and Luke, and one sweet little girl, Katie Jo. She's also the mother to two angels who have never been held and are forever missed, named Hope and Joshua. Andrew is 17 years old, living with hypoplastic left heart syndrome. Lisa taught for almost 10 years in the Philadelphia school district before becoming a mother, and this became quite helpful when, as she says, she was pushed into homeschooling her special needs children, a decision that has ended up being great for everyone. As a former homeschooling mom myself, I totally appreciate that. She's been devoted to helping her children reach their potential, and she leads by example. While homeschooling, she has had her children in a variety of activities, and she stays involved in her church and her own community. So welcome to Heart to Heart with Annalisa. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to have you. What some of our listeners may not know is that Lisa is also a volunteer with Hearts Unite the Globe. She's helped me with script writing, and she's a hug ambassador. And it's exciting to me to get to know her a little bit better in a way that's totally different. I know from our previous conversation, Lisa, that she worked really hard when transitioning Andrew from pediatric care of his heart to becoming an advocate for himself. So can you tell me some of the things that you did with Andrew and how young he was when you first started making him responsible for his own heart care? Yeah, sure. Well, honestly, Anna, it was something that we just did gradually his whole life along the way. When he was a toddler, I remember that we would give him his medications. You would 
put it in a syringe because it would be liquid and we would allow him to squirt the syringe into his own mouth and each time we did that we would say okay so this is digoxin and this helps your heart squeeze better and as he grew we would change the language to appropriately fit where he was we always called his heart a special heart but then we also gave him the language you have hypoplastic left heart syndrome explained to him gradually as he grew what that meant and what that meant for his life so it was just a gradual thing that we've always done and it's grown with him I'm really glad that you did that. We did that with our son, Alex, as well. And as many of my listeners know, my son, Alex, also has hypoplastic left heart syndrome. And that is such a mouthful for us adults to try and teach a three-year-old. You have hypoplastic left heart syndrome. But I felt it was important for him to know. And I had a little medical art bracelet for Alex from the time he was able to wear a bracelet. Of course, I had on it HLHS because trying to inscribe hypoplastic (laughs) left heart syndrome didn't leave much room for anything else. But I'm really glad to hear that you did that. And I imagine from a young age he was able to say I have either HLHS or something that yes. was kind of similar to Absolutely. that. Absolutely. That's great. I love how you also let him know the names of his drugs. It was interesting to me as Alex was growing up we did the exact same thing and Joey his older brother could tell him what drugs he had. Did you have the same situation oh, where the siblings also yes. knew what was going on? Absolutely. Yeah, once it's they a hear family it, thing. Exactly. It was to hear it a million times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows. Oh, we're taking digoxin. What do you feel was the most important skill that you helped Andrew develop during his transition period? We all know that transitioning from teen to adult is difficult no matter what, but a kid with a heart defect, we have a whole new set of challenges and obstacles. So what was the most important skill that you helped Andrew to develop. So if I had Andrew answer this question, I would love out of his mouth to come trusting in God. Advocacy would be the best skill, practical skill, I believe, that we taught him. But that comes from a firm foundation, trusting that God is in control of the situation. So that's what I would want him to say. But the practical skill would definitely be advocacy. And at a young age, he would watch me advocate for him. I would bring him right into the conversations. We would have them before appointments. We would have them after appointments. One thing I forgot to mention at the previous question was when we would leave appointments, I would throw the phone to him and have him call his grandparents so he could tell them, hey, this is what the appointment was, and that would give him practice in the language and describing how he felt about it and just having a conversation about what it meant to just be told by the doctors, well, this is how you're doing today, and this is what we see happening later. And whether or not there was going to be another test or something else was going to have to be followed up with. And Children's Hospital has always been good pulling the children in with the appointment conversations as well, so we were just following their lead in a lot of ways and then reinforcing that at home as we went. But yes, advocacy would be such an important thing. And we have the best team of doctors in the world, but they're human. And it's important for our children to understand what we're wanting to hear out of this appointment. And if you don't hear it, ask the questions, be sure. Right. And even if you do hear it, but you're puzzled, because let's face it, they use words that they're using every single day that we don't use in our normal vocabulary. And so something could come up that scares them or concerns them. And if they don't pipe up right away, they're sleeping with that worry and it affects them in so many different ways. So I think learning or teaching them to become their own advocate is so important. And it sounds like you're doing it by leading by example, which I think is probably one of the most powerful ways 
that we can teach our children. Let's talk about some advice you have in the third segment. But for now, my last question before we take a quick break is, what do you wish you would have known to do to help Andrew during this transition period that you only learned after the fact? Because let's face it, hindsight's twenty twenty, and we always learn things afterwards. And we say, darn, if only I had known. Right. So I'm going to borrow a friend of mine. Her daughter, her name is Kendall. And she says, don't bring down my positive. And looking back, that's what I would have taught Andrew. There were situations that I would put other people in control of him, and they would be so nervous about his situation that they would prohibit him from doing other things. Later, and when he finally had the ability to tell me how that made him feel, it was detrimental to him in each situation. Now we learned to get past those moments, but I would have loved to have avoided it. So I would say, don't bring down his positive have him, you know, listen, I can do this and let him be his own voice. And again, that goes to advocacy. Texas Heart Institute were offering us a mechanical heart. And he said, no, Dad, I've had enough. Give it to someone who's worthy. My father promised me a golden dress to twirl it. He held my hand and asked me where I wanted to go. Whatever strife or conflict that we experienced in our long career together was always healed by humor. Heart to Heart with Michael, please join us every Thursday at noon Eastern as we talk with people from around the world who have experienced those most difficult moments. Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home Tonight Forever. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. When you and I communicated before we decided to do this show, you told me some really interesting ways that you and your husband encourage creativity in your children. And you talked about how Andrew's heart even had a role in something that Andrew developed. So why don't you share with my listeners what it was that he developed and how you came about that? Okay. Well, I'll go right to the punchline. Andrew is just amazing in so many ways, and he's gifted in so many ways. And he just recently finished and put up on the Apple Store his first app called Aqua Hydration. I'm really excited about it. But rewind about seven years, and we, my husband and I got the boys a gift for Christmas. And it was an Apple computer. And with that, we gave the challenge. You may only use this computer to create something or build something or play on something that you have built or created. And with those words, that was it. I got so lucky because Andrew just took it and ran with it. And this is always funny to talk to a heart mom. He began coding right away, and that meant coding with the computer, not good. 
not going the, into alert cardiac arrest, arrest or anything. Right. Cardiac arrest. Yeah, we don't right. want we don't want going into cardiac so arrest. So we have redeemed that word in our family. There you go. Codes all so the time. coding as yes. in program coding right, right. for the computer. I just think that's amazing. Now, how did he learn? Did you give him a book? Did they go no, on no, YouTube? No, I gave or? him a computer and I gave him instructions, um, and that was really. So it. you knew how to code so, yourself? No, no. This is a natural outpouring of Andrew's gift. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. It's like a duck to water. I mean, it's been, and he was 11 years old. And I guess when he was around 11 and a half or 12, he brought me the first search engine. Like Google, the first search engine he built. He built a search engine. Completely. Isn't that amazing? Yes. <laughs> and I said to my husband, this is for real, isn't it? And he said, yes, I think it's for real. And from that moment on, I mean, I didn't know how to direct him. I just gave him opportunities. I gave him opportunities and put him in touch with people who did know what to do. Because I didn't code. I don't code. I don't know anything. He knows amazing things. So it was just kind of leading him and then letting him go. Yeah, 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 that's what's so exciting. I had a similar situation. We bought Alex a Lego Mindstorms kit when he was eight. And for those of you who don't know, Lego Mindstorms is an amazing Lego kit where they have a computer and you have to program the computer. It has sensors. You tell this computer what to do. And like you, I had no clue. My eight-year-old was building things that I had no idea how to build or what to do, anything. Yes. But I became a robotics coach. Who would <laughs> expect me to be a robotics coach? And just like you, I just provided the resources, right. found other people to come in and do some right. training sessions. But, wow, isn't it amazing how, as homeschool moms, we have the ability to provide these resources and then just watch the kids go. I just think it's fabulous. Okay, so tell me, you said that the app is already at the Apple yes, Store? It is. It's online. Okay. So tell us how we can find the app. What's the name just, of it? It's called Aqua Hydration. And just go to the App Store and it's two words. Type that in and you'll find it. And why do we all need this, Lisa? Okay. Well, and this is really awesome and I just can't get over this part of it. For Andrew, his health is very good, but it changes between good and a very bad day if he's not hydrated, if he's not drinking water. And that's important for all of us, but for Andrew, it's critical. And it's the difference between a visit to the ER or not. So he took that, and he's always been like a solutions-oriented child. So he just kind of took that and ran with it, developed an app that tracks your hydration, gives you encouragement and prodding to keep drinking. And I'll tell you, the last two weeks since it went live, I have drunk more water. And really, what a difference. I'm well hydrated, and what a difference. And it actually does make a difference. It does. I started a diet at one point, and they said to drink eight ounces of water before you eat, and it'll help you to eat less (laughs) and lose weight. And it's absolutely true. It does help me. And you're so right about hydration being important for our heart kids. I mean, you're right. It's important for everybody, but for our heart children, it's even more important because if they're dehydrated, they can have electrical problems in their heart. And yeah, that can require a trip to the ER and we want to avoid that at all costs. So let me ask, is Andrew making money on his app or is this a free app? Andrew is making money on this app. It's $1.99. Not expensive at all. Not at all. A lot cheaper than a trip to the ER. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I have been impressed with how much he updates his app and keeps on top of it because, again, he's a 17-year-old kid, and this is his first app, and it's amazing, but there's things that he wants to improve, and he's just so professional. I just I get a kick out of watching him deal with his customers. Well, I just love that. And so tell me, do you think that his heart defect, his development of this app and all, is going to pave the way for his future? Um, absolutely. I mean... He is interested in computer science, and, and we're looking at colleges the end of this week. We're going to be looking at another one. And so I think his gifting is guiding him in that way. But the things that he has developed along the way, you see his life experience is very much at play. His absolute first app he developed was a text-to-speech app to where you could speak and it would turn it into typing. And now these were already out on the market, but he made it free and he made it accessible to some autistic families that we are close in touch with. And it was, you know, something that he knew through his experience. Andrew was actually nonverbal his first four years. Wow. And again, I have a I have a son who's autistic. Now, he's never been nonverbal, but we are around enough that we understand that that's a big thing where they could use support and help and have it cost effective. So Andrew developed a free one. So it looks like Andrew... He was 12. Oh my gosh. So he is not only an advocate for himself, but for others who have special needs as well. Absolutely. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. Hi, my name is Jamie Alcroft, and I just published my new book, The Tin Man Diaries. It's an amazing story of my sudden change of heart as I went through a heart and liver transplant. I can think of no better way to read The Tin Man Diaries than to cuddle up in your favorite Hearts Unite the Globe sweatshirt and your favorite hot beverage, of course, in your Hearts Unite the Globe mug, both of which are available at the Hug Podcast Network online store, or visit heartsunitetheglobe.org. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Lisa, what advice do you have for parents of teenage CHD survivors who are listening to this show and are worried about how to transition their children? So every kid is so individual, and I just want to take a minute as I say this, that it is always important to be very aware of who is in the world that you're in and those who are in the CHD world. It is so varied on how well kids are doing, and it's just what a conglomeration of kids that are doing very, very well and kids who are struggling, and kids like Andrew who fall kind of right in the middle. So it's important for you to know your child 
and to know what their strengths and weaknesses are. My husband and I have always tried to look at their weaknesses, but then take their strengths and use that to raise them up with it. And it's really been wonderful. So as your child approaches the teen and then the transition age, you have to ask yourself, where is your child? And how much are you going to have to be involved in their life? So that really has to be a huge factor in where you look. So at this moment, if everything stayed the same, Andrew's going to be very independent. And maybe wealthy. And, you know, <laughs> look at all these apps. <laughs> right. right. But we all need to be aware that it could turn for him and he could be in a situation. So what I've always done with all of my kids, not just Andrew, is always have a plan A and a plan B. And don't make the plan B like, oh, darn, I have to do this now. Make it equally as exciting. Strive towards that so your child has options and that you have options. So you don't get to the point that they're stepping out into adulthood and you're thinking that they're going to be independent, but then you have a medical emergency that pops up. Well, you have some contingency plans in place. I think having a contingency plan in place makes perfect sense. And when my son was ready to go to college, one of the things that we looked at was, where is the nearest good cardiac hospital? Absolutely. We didn't want to be stuck in the middle of nowhere. And then he have something, some kind of accident come up where the hospital would freak out and not know what to do with a kid with HLHS. In fact, my son's cardiologist said, I don't want you to go to, and he listed certain schools that he thought my son might be. Yes. And luckily for Alex, he said, okay, because we did what what you're talking about. We said, well, maybe you can't go to rural Texas, but look at where you can go. And so we had a contingency plan, and that really did make a big difference for my son. Now, what scared me was that he decided Brooklyn, New York was where he wanted to go. Wow. So he was over a thousand miles away from home. But if anyone deserves to spread their wings, don't RCHD survivors deserve to spread their wings? Absolutely. I just love that. I think your advice is right on. It's one thing to transition a child or teen to adulthood. But it's a whole other thing when you're talking about CHD kid and they're talking about taking on their own health care. That can be a lot scarier. What advice would you give to parents to help them prepare their children to be their advocates? And I know we already talked about that some in the first segment, but what happens when they're going to their cardiology appointment without us? I have kind of walked it through early on and made it so I was easing myself out of the room. Not really out of the room, though. So Andrew will be 18 in December, and we have already had certain appointments that he travels. He goes to a wonderful high school now down in Center City, Science Leadership Academy. It's fantastic. It was a perfect transition from homeschool to school. And there are certain appointments that he travels from Science Leadership Academy to Children's Hospital, signs himself into the appointment and handles it and then comes home when he's done. Now, we had to have special permission for those particular doctors, and that was very easy to come by, but we set that up and we knew that those were things that we could really step back out of Mm -hmm. and let him 
again, spread his wings on that. And with the other things, like the cardiology appointments, it's going to be a long time before I want to edge myself completely out of the room. But I can edge myself out of the conversation. And I have been doing that. My husband and I have been doing that and just kind of letting him take over. Even yesterday, I handed him the phone and said, why don't you order your medication? Now, for most of us, that might seem like just a phone call and no big deal. But the specialty medications come with just a series of questions that you have to ask to really get to the next stage and be able to get it. And he did it seamlessly and the medication was ordered and I will never order medication for him again. Oh my goodness, that's so fabulous. And it's been nice. It's been a general transition. It hasn't been scary. You're not expecting him one day when he's 17 to be totally dependent on you and now when he's 18 all of a sudden to be totally independent. And I think that's what we have to do is that general transition and let them know this is what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. And so you do have to take responsibility. As you want to transition yourself from being his advocate to his cheerleader. Now a cheerleader is still in the room, but the job has changed. Yes, we are our kids' biggest cheerleaders. I would agree with that. So we are almost out of time. I can't believe how fast this time has gone. I want you to leave us with some advice for parents of children with congenital heart defects to help them make that transition as seamless as possible. And we've already alluded to this a little bit, but I'm going to let you have the last word. Right. Just walk with your child and look at where they are and where they're going and give them all of the resources. Again, Andrew's very independent, but and there are many situations where that is not the case. Look for your resources. Be ready with those resources before you need them. I mean, there's lots of good resources that I could probably name off, but... Including this show. Including we have lots show, of podcasts yes. with other parents Absolutely. who have given great advice. Yes. Yes. This thing of Kathy Keller was... Yes, you did a, I did You did a show, a show with, with her, and she... Yes. And yes, so was she Lisa is. O'Connor. I mean, right off the top of my head several names of really strong advocate parents are coming to mind what I liked about Kathy Keller's show was that her son has had a stroke and he may not be able to transition to the same degree that Andrew or Alex can but she gave some excellent advice as well so I like what you're saying meet your child where your child is don't expect them to be somebody who they are not and find the resources in your community and online that's where we're so lucky don't you think Lisa oh absolutely thank you so much for being such an excellent guest today Lisa thank you it's been so much fun all these people are milling around us y'all can't see it but it's really exciting to be here at podcast movement. I am thankful to talk to you and Heil for lending us their equipment today. That does conclude today's episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. And I just want to ask you if you all will consider taking just a moment to rate our podcast. And it's really easy to do. All you have to do is launch the Apple's podcast app, tap the search tab and enter Heart to Heart with Anna. My purple logo will show up. So tap on the album art, which is the little boy holding the balloon in a purple sunset. Tap the reviews tab and then write a review. And it doesn't have to be very long. Something short is fine. And then you'll enter your iTunes password to log in. Tap the number of stars you want to leave us for a rating. I would appreciate five stars. And if it's not five stars, I'd appreciate a quick email just to let me know what I can do to make the show even better. Type the title text and the content and then hit send. That's all the, That's all that's required. I did it last night for Heart to Heart with Michael. I think it took me five minutes. It only took me five minutes because I had to shorten 
what I was saying because I was a little wordy. I wanted it to be something everyone would read. And so I was editing myself. I always do that. But I hope you all have enjoyed this podcast as much as I have. Don't forget, friends, you can listen to our show any time of the day or night. We put out a new show every Tuesday. And remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time.